morning and welcome to Cosmo City Church service. We are glad that you could join us wherever you are. As a church, we endeavor to intimately know Christ Jesus and to passionately make him known. Cosmo City Church. Today, we want to continue where we, we left off last week on our topic, um, the spirit you have received. But before we, 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 we preach today, I just feel to pray a blessing, to pray courage, to pray admonition upon our lives, wherever we may be, whatever conditions, whatever challenges, whether you are on a high or a low, I, want, I just want to trust God to engulf you with his presence and his strength. Even as we start off praying. May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from Zion, from his sanctuary, and grant you support from Zion. May he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings. May he give you the desires of your heart and make all your plans succeed. We will shout for joy when you are victorious and will lift up our banners in the name of our God. May the Lord grant you all your requests. Now I know that the Lord saves you, his anointed one. He answers you from his heavenly place with the saving power of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some trust in horses. But you and I, my brother, my sister, we trust in the name of the Lord, our God, we trust God to see us through whatever we are facing right now. So, Father, I thank you for each and every person who is listening right now. I pray that by your grace, whatever news they may have had, good or bad, whatever conditions they may be subjected to at work, at home, in their marriages, in their business. May the grace of God be upon them. May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard their hearts and their minds in Christ Jesus. 
I pray that during the night, Lord, you, you give them proper sleep and that you keep them in perfect peace whilst their minds are stayed on you, Lord. I pray that even as we share your word today, Lord, that we may be like that tree planted by the streams of water that bears its fruit seasonally, that whatever we do will prosper and do so because, Lord, we do not see it stand or even hang around with the wicked. We don't take their counsel, we don't keep their company, and these are all that stand against your will, those who stand in rebellion and in opposition to your will. But Lord, we delight in your law. Grant us grace to meditate upon it day and night, to have it in our hearts, to obey you all the time, promptly, Lord. Grant us, Lord, not to take our lives into our hands anymore to do as we please, but to do your will. May your word find a place in our hearts. May it reform us, may it change us, may you empower us by your spirit as we conform to the likeness of your Son, O Father, Jesus Christ. And may we be able to express your nature that we have received. This we ask to your glory as we seek to navigate the seas and the storms of this life through your enabling for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless the name of the Lord once more. Thank you for, 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 for joining us. Last week we looked at the fact that when the Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes, and any other spirit like we said, he will impart his personage, his attributes, in other words, his attributes, his personage, is that which we call conforming to the likeness of Christ. Because he's the spirit of Christ. His abilities, he'll pour and impart his abilities and he will express himself as you will what he wills. How we kokobeleza thato ya modimo, modimo o tla hlaisa bo modimo ba hae bo pelomba hao. Le ho batho ba bang ka wena, he will express himself and last week we spoke more on the personage. We will still pick up on the personage so that as we transition into the power and the outward expression or how God changes our personality or influences our personality. We, we can transition from building from last week. Amen. So what I would like for us to do is to start where we ended off last week. We ended off reading Romans chapter 8 and what the exercise we're engaging in was to say to you as we read, look at this aspect of the impartation that if you have received the Holy Spirit reading through scripture 
Look at what he's imparting. Number one, we said, and look at as well the things that are expected to come out of your life as a result of that impartation. So we read up to verse, I think it was up to verse 12. If it wasn't, that's where we're going to start reading from verse 12. We're reading there. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. We were talking about the fact that you can't put to death the works of the flesh through the flesh. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. This speaks to the idea that you have not received the spirit of timidity. But you received the spirit of sonship and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies. Remember, he works in us. He's imparting. So part of what he does is that the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Amen. Now, I want us to, in the same chapter, I want us to jump to verse 22. It says, We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have, who have the first fruit of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but what is hope that is seen? It's not hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. 
For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. So that is the impartation of the Holy Spirit, of the personage of Christ. Through the sanctifying work, he conforms us to the likeness of Christ. He, 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 he imparts Christ-likeness in, in, in us. Amen. And then I want us to carry that idea of being conformed by the Holy Spirit through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and the sanctifying work of the Word of God. He's the one who works in us to will and to act. So when he works in you to will, it means your will must be conformed to his will for you to will what he wills. But if your will rebels against his will, you are not going to express, you are not going to show the overflow of that which you have received. Hold the thought. Hare Bukenya, First Corinthians, chapter. Let's take it from chapter two. Chapter two, First Corinthians by Corinthian Bapi. It says, "Let me take it from verse six. Here, we we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature." But not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom. Remember, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom. A wisdom that has been hidden and that God has destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, no eye has ear his seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. So, by all intents and purpose, what we otherwise could not see. Therefore, if we do not choose to let him control, we also choose not to have the revelation of what he has come to do. But what is even more interesting is what Paul says we are to receive as a revelation. 
Let's continue reading. It says, The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Remember where we read in Romans, it said, He who searches the mind of the Spirit. Now, it also tells us here that the Spirit also searches all things. The deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. That sounds like a very straightforward thing. No one knows the thoughts of God. Except the Spirit of God. Simple as it sounds, this is where the rubber meets the road. Let's put it this way. No one who wishes to know the thoughts of God but refuses to let the Holy Spirit lead him will know the thoughts of God despite his desires to do so. That's where the challenge is. It's not the fact that the Holy Spirit is in our lives. It's the fact that the Holy Spirit needs us to surrender to his will and to his leading for us to receive that which he has to give. It says that no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. We have not received the spirit of the world. Now you see, we have not received the spirit of the world. We have not received the spirit of timidity. Right? The assumption again is that we both received an endowment and we gave permission to relinquish our rights so that he can express himself. That's the thinking when we should be having as we're talking about receiving in this case. It says, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand. Who is he? The spirit of understanding. That we may understand what God has freely given to us. We, we struggle and toil for some of these things because we lack understanding. That is why the Bible says, I pray that God will fill you with the knowledge of his will, with all spiritual wisdom and understanding. What does that mean? All spiritual wisdom and understanding means total surrender to him who is the spirit of spiritual understanding and spiritual wisdom to lead you. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit. He imparts verbal expression. He imparts inner voices. He imparts clarity within ourselves. Expressing spiritual truth 
in spiritual ways. The man without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God. They are foolishness to him and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual man makes judgment about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. For who knows the mind of the Lord? Now let's go back to the idea. Who knows the mind of the Lord? The spirit. Who knows the thoughts of God? The spirit. He dwells in us. What is he doing? He wants to impart to us that which belongs to God and as a result belongs to us. What are other things that we have already seen him imparting? He has poured his love, the love of God in the house so that we can express the thoughts, uh, the, the, the love of God. What is Paul saying in Romans chapter 12? He says, do not conform to the standards of the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of them of your mind. But now, who knows how our minds must be changed? To what should our minds be changed? Our minds must be changed to the mind of God because we have to think the thoughts of God. But who knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God? So it says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instant? But we have the mind of Christ. How do we have the mind of Christ? Through the indwelling of the one who knows and searches the mind of God. Now, after Paul had explained these things about the Holy Spirit coming, indwelling us, leading us, showing us things, the very things that Christ had explained as the minister of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that when he comes, he will teach you all things, he will guide you, he will lead you, he will empower you. The minister of the Holy Spirit is something that we all have been thoroughly taught, I hope, in John chapter 14 to John chapter 16. Right? After Paul has explained these things, he shows them that, but they are failing the Corinthian church to live and walk in the Spirit. In chapter 3, he says, Brothers, I could not address you as spiritual but as worldly, as carnal, mere infant in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy, now he's saying, you are operating in a different spirit. The spirit certainly operating shows you that you are carnal. You have not allowed willingly so yourself to be influenced by the spirit in you that you have received so that you can 
conform. Now you are operating in the spirit that is at work in the world. He says, there is jealousy and quarreling among you. Are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men? For when one says, I follow Paul and another I follow Apollos and another Cephas, are you not mere men? What after all is Apollos and what is Paul? He's saying to us, you people, I don't understand you. You should, by the mere fact that you have received the Spirit, you should by now have transformed, even in your conduct, in your character, in your temperament, in your personality, to the likeness of Christ. But you are refusing to cooperate. Picking on last week's uh, idea, we were talking last week about the body being the host of these things. Let's, let, let's, let's pick it from um, 1 Corinthians 6. You know? Um, verse 10. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 10 says, do you not know? Okay, let, let's, let's take it from the, the idea of what people were doing with their bodies. Because I want to merge the thought I'm, 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 I'm laboring on with another thought that I want to land on. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, I'm reading there. It says, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Food for the stomach and the stomach for food, but God will destroy them both. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Yes, so here's the thought that I want us to come to. He says, shall I then take? What is that question asking? Shall I, by act of my will and choice, decide to contradict God's intended purpose for my outward expression with my body. Orika na na kile paulos na nkaretsa qeto ka kelelo yaka ka maikutlo aka ka thato yaka hore ke sebedisetse milwak oile milwak reste which means two things are involved. The body as a host is subject to the will of the person, the spirit man. But Paul says, since the spirit man is unspiritual, he's carnal, the expression of that which he seems to have received will be in contradiction 
to his outward expression. Seu o se amuhetin. Le hai kaba o amuhetin morana Jesu. Because o santo uruzi tasa tusumeto ya nama kapayama timon. Se miro sahao li pona hatu yabu wena batu. Ito sahel iliamuhet adibi iliamutu ya sa poloswa. But it didn't start with the body. It starts with the will of the man who is either spiritual or unspiritual, surrendered to the Holy Spirit or to demonic forces or to the flesh, living out the impartations that he chooses to. So then he says, uh, Shall I then take members of Christ and unite them with, unite them with the prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said that two will become one flesh. But he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. He who unites himself with Christ is one with him in spirit. So, we don't even get to the point of the body before we seek unity of the spirit with Christ and with one another. And then it says, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. So let's, let's now look at these two ideas. The impartation of personage means now or we are born of the Spirit. We are full of the Spirit of God. But now, we choose to be in this unity spiritually with God. What does that mean? We are now going to express. Remember, impartation, personage, power, expression. Although we have God in us, but we are in disagreement with him within ourselves. Therefore, our outward expression is either going to be a demonic influence or a carnal influence. So let's, let's hold, let, let, let's explore rather that, 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 that thought. Let's start in the book of um, Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Let's take it from verse 1. It says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. So the Bible says there is a spirit of disobedience that is at work in people who are now called the children of disobedience. Why? Because even though sometimes they wish to do good, their outward expression is disobedience. And so as a child of God, Nalwena Kalabana Mamudim, Hunalamo Rifikelwan Kimi Nahano. 
eleng khatanong le menahano ya modimo le haiba rena le likelello le kutlisisa Christ re hanyetsana le moya o buang ka rorona we deny we quench him consequentially we then express that which is against him which is the spirit of disobedience and we open therefore a door of perpetual influence you love god but you continually because of the influence you have opened yourself unto to the to the demonic spirit you continually wish good but you do bad le haola ka tsa wetan totsen ka ba ka la go so buletse meya e ditshila matimona monyao o so dula o wetsa manyala pela modimo le ha o so la ka tsa wetsa ho bane o so inehelletse ho ba gahlano le moya o o amohetse let's just take a very interesting example of how this spirit i'm i'm not interested so much in teaching on demons therefore I'm just going to take few examples. So let's just read in the book of 1 Kings chapter 22. In 1 Kings chapter 22, the story goes there that the the the, the prophet Micah was trying to explain to to the king Ahab and you know how the people that were prophesying to him were lying and how did they end up lying I'm reading in 1 Kings chapter 22 from verse 19 it says Micah continued therefore hear the word of the Lord I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with all the host of heaven standing around him on his right and on his left and the lord said who will entice ahab into attacking ramoth gilead and going to his death therefore one suggested this and another that finally listen a spirit came forward remember we spoke last week a spirit came forward stood before the lord and said i will entice him by what means the lord asked I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets he said you will succeed in enticing him said the lord go and do it I will go and be a what a lying spirit in the in the mouth of the prophets you see that thing urigilo globa so these prophets are now going to surrender themselves to the influence of a lying spirit many of us struggle we're talking about lying spirit that influence the church the bible talks about a haughty spirit a spirit of pride ara people but their pride it overshadows the sun go ra o mona fela wa tsebo go go wena o gata modimo ma go mo ikhomusi adas are so arrogant they think they are better than the body of christ the bible speaks of rebellion when 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 Saul had rebelled the bible says rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft the spirit of rebellion it's amazing how much 
in our churches, even in our own church, there's so much rebellion. The spirit of rebellion has taken on so many people. Everyone wants to have their own way. They want to do it their own way. Even if you say to them, no, 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 no. I don't have a problem with your way. Only if you showed me that your way is God's way. No, 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 no. These are spirits that you see that make the church such an ungodly environment for most. There are people who are who, the, the spirit of immorality. So these spirits, despite the fact that when you have received the spirit of power, of love, of sound mind, of purity or what, but because in your will, you will contrary to what God wills for you, you open yourself to these other spirits. And since you, are, you have the security of the identity of a child of God, of a relationship with the Father, I'm not proud. No, you are. You are proud. You are arrogant. You are rebellious. You are all these things. You and I are full of so many other influences that do not reflect that which we have received. That is to say, we express contrary to what we have received. But let's just look at how other people have expressed God in their lives. I just want to explore that and uh, we'll leave it here for this week. Number one, um, so when people received Christ, Paul says this way, he says, now that you have received Christ, Walk ye therefore in him, being rooted and established in him. But what does that mean? Uh, walk ye therefore in him. Listen to how he expresses their thought differently in the book of Galatians chapter 5. He, he, he says the same thing, but he says it Different, you know. The very thing he says in Colossians 2, things, 2 6. Listen, he says in Galatians chapter 5, I'm reading verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature. How do we do that? Remember, in Romans, he told us we destroy the sinful nature through the power of the Spirit, by subjecting ourselves with the, to the Spirit. It says, with its passions and desires. Now here's the verse I, I want you to hear. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That's how we're going to express God. But you see, there's a problem right there. If I'm not keen to listen, to hear, if I don't read the Bible to obey, if I don't seek a relationship with God beyond the anointing, then I'm not going to keep in step because there's nothing to hear. I don't hear when they say left. I don't see what God is doing. I cannot attest of his outworkings in my life. So 
our demise is in the fact that we, we desire no unity with the Spirit to the extent of wanting to keep in step with Him, guilty as charged. So we open ourselves to these other spirits. Let's look at another thought that Paul, 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 how he uses the word received. In, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, man more holy communion. Listen to how he says this thing. In, in, in verse 23 of chapter 11, he says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. What, is, what does that mean? What is the implication? What I have received, I have expressed for your learning and your maturing. But we, we, we know pastors, that man is anointed man. But what we learn, Paul says, what I have received, I have passed on to you. To the effect that what you have learned from me, the expression of God working in me, Powerfully, so as Paul says. He says, God works in me powerfully. But that which he works in me, I have imparted to you. What he has imparted, I have imparted. So that you can also impart it to others who will also be reliable to do the same. To express that which we have received. Let me read another portion of scripture. Okay, I'm already there. Uh, in in in. in the impartation of the abilities of God. This is the part that we, we like. But even so, we twist it sadly. In, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says there, Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, when you were led by the, the spirit of disobedience, somehow, somehow or other, you were influenced, that's the way, and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts. Now what is this? The impartation of abilities. So we build on abilities Rather, we build abilities upon personage. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of services, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all, 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 all of them in all men. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit. You see, when it says the manifestation of the Spirit, it says the expression of the nature and the abilities of God. We want to preach and be tapped. But the Bible says that is the explanation, that is the manifestation. People should be seeing the nature of God at work, not you and I lifted up. Then it says... The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one that is given through the Spirit, the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge. To, by, by means of the same Spirit. To another, 
faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. Another version that says, all these operate as the spirit wills. But since we don't will what we will, we even advertise what he has not willed because we have not kept in step. We are going to do this, we are going to do this. Someone asked the question, has the Holy Spirit said it's going to be done? Has he led for it to be done? No. Okay, let, 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 me, hand, let me find a way to learn this. Impartation of abilities. Acts chapter 1. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. To do what? To be my witnesses. To preach the gospel with conviction, with the Holy Spirit, and with, with power. There's a spirit of infirmity. You know, that you read about in Luke 13, where it says a woman was bent over. She was tormented by the spirit of Infirmity, one spirit, spirit of infirmity. But the Holy Spirit imparts gift of healings, gift of healings brings deliverance to that particular case. He gives us everything. Let me read this portion of scripture and then we will pray. In Acts chapter 3, You know, remember that, that, that story of Peter. Peter and John coming to the gate, beautiful, and they see a man. Listen to, you remember the story. Let me take it from verse 3. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have. I do not have because I have not received it. Whether I worked for it or I was given it, I don't have it. But such as I have, I give. And then, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. That's an expression of, it's, a, it's, it's an an expression of God doing his will through us. Peter says, I don't have money, but I have received. What have I received? I have received the spirit of healing. He has imparted in me healing abilities. So in receiving, I can express the will of God for men, for people to walk in healing and divine health. Now you see, it is said, Rona, we want to have church and sing and dance, and, but there's no expression of what we have received. We deny what we have received to the extent that we have created theologies around the non-existence of that which we have received. Others deny the Holy Spirit, others deny his working, others deny his gifts. How can we celebrate God when we deny what he has imparted? 
How can we say we have received when, I mean, the Magi, the wise men from the East, left their place out of their will, bringing gifts already, like we were talking last week. And then they come to Judea, Bethlehem, where Jesus was. They say, we have come to worship. Now, they take out their gifts. Can you imagine if um, Mary and Jesus, thank you, thank you for the gifts. We thank you very much. And then they leave the gift. No, they received the gifts. I'm sure they did something with those things. And so the point I'm making is this, is that for us, We don't celebrate the gifts of the Spirit. We don't celebrate His presence. We don't expect to be transformed by His power. But somehow we believe this world is going to change. And yet Peter says, no, 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 no. Such as I have is that which I will effect change through. So, mudim, urufile moyo halalamatatina na ukrete. There's nothing. We can criticize politicians all we want. We can make our churches uh, singing uh, concert places and preaching centers and until leaders, congregations cry out for the impartation of the full outworking of Holy Spirit in our lives such that we esteem, we esteem him more than a well-run service and a better preaching. I don't see where we're going personally. But I have faith. I have faith that God speaks to us to transform us. And I have faith because the Bible has already told us that we are winning you know, we are being purified and we will be purified and we will walk in victory. So I just want to leave you with this thought. You and I are going to achieve nothing significant, divine, with eternal significance and ramifications outside the Holy Spirit. We can do all these other things. We can enjoy His imparted abilities until we enjoy his personage, his control, his influence, his leading, his guidance, we fall short of the greater aspect of why we received him, because we are not conforming to the likeness of Christ. But there's grace, there's mercy for you and me. Let's rejoice in the fact that Christ works in us to will and to act. So let's will, let's act, and we'll see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with us, now and forevermore, and let your will be done in our lives as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name.